This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be effective in it. And that's what our focus is today. Um, So often as a pastor, you feel like, well, I've got to be relevant. I've got to talk about the things that are going on immediately um, in our world. And um, I prayed over that and I I have a lot to say about that, like everything else. But um, I I just feel like the most important thing um, to focus on right now is the effectiveness of the church of Jesus Christ. Um, It's just something that uh, if you know me, I don't blame what's going on in Washington and around our country um, on the world or those bad sinful people. I blame it on the church because the church isn't effective. The church has lowered its standards so that everything goes and everything's okay. And we've got to tell everybody what they want to hear. And we've got to be nice to everything and everybody. And I'm not saying don't be kind, but, but we've got to get back to, the, to what Jesus Christ called us to. And where I want to start today is, is that God had a plan, a perfect eternal, excellent plan for his world, his cosmos, his universe, and for us individually before he even created the world. And I think that's so very important. And what I'm finding is, is that the church is just kind of out of control Because what we've done is we've made this a nice, enjoyable place where people come and they expect to hear what they want to hear. They don't want any pressure. They don't want anybody telling them that they ought to actually be doing something uh, for Jesus or the church. Um, they, They just let me come. Let me be nice. Let me not be too doing too many bad things. Let me give the money I want to give. Don't tell me about this tithing thing. Uh, um, tell me that if I put a dollar in the offering, Jesus loves me, that's okay. Um, and I have eternal life and I have nothing to worry about. And the problem with that is it's not what the word of God says. And I'm going to be honest. I love God more than I love you. I love him first. And I love you enough to tell you what he said and why he created the world and why he created you. And I'll go back to this. God had this perfect plan and he created you individually with a piece of that plan. He created you with what we call gifts, talents, excellencies that fit into that plan. What has happened in the church, and I have seen this all of my life, everybody runs around doing nice, good things, and somehow that makes whatever okay. But the reality is, God did not create you to do nice, good things that you uh, create. He, He created you 
to do specific strategic things within the context of his perfect eternal plan. And I'm, I'm just finding that, and, I, and like I said, I've seen this all my life. Most people who call themselves Christians really have absolutely no idea who they're supposed to be within the context of that plan and what they're supposed to be doing or what they're responsible for within the context of God's eternal plan. And, and I'm not talking to everybody else. I'm talking to you as an individual. Do you know how God created you? What God created you for? Do you know the gifting and the call that God put on your life with an understanding that his gifting and his call are irrevocable. In other words, you can think whatever you want and the church can, can say whatever it wants, but God created you with a gift or gifts. He created you with a call, what you're supposed to be doing, and the bottom line is, if you don't, that's called sin. And the wages of sin is death. Here's something I, I want to say. I don't want to say, actually, but I've got to say. A lot of people who call themselves Christians are living in death because they've never identified the call and gifting God created them with. Therefore, they're just kind of running around, flailing to do nice things to make themselves feel Christian. Our focus today is, well, what is my call? What is my gifting? And, and the one thing I, I wanted to do before I really get started so I don't forget it is what I've asked everyone here at Riverview uh, to do is, and, and we, we sent out a, um, a link um, uh, for everybody to go to a thing called Gifts, with an S, test.com. Giftstest.com. And just work your way through. You don't have to buy anything. There's things you can buy or uh, tap into. And you, you do what you want. I, I, I really don't have, I don't need any more emails. So I don't really, um, you have to give your email, but they don't, unless you ask for it, they don't, say, they don't send me anything else. They sent me the results of my gift test and they sent me the explanation of, of the gifts they determine I have. And they were, it was very good. Um, but that way, I, it, it, it didn't really define me, but it, it reinforced what I kind of knew uh, God had created me for and how God created me to live within the context of that whole plan. Um, and, and that whole plan involves his church because we, his church, are supposed to be leading this world to him, not just kind of running around, entertaining people, making everybody feel good where they are and, and wondering why nothing is really effective and we're not really impacting a lost world. And so, I want us to get into this and I want, you, I want you to understand and I'll say it again. God has a perfect eternal plan, vision for our world. And he created you with an individualized piece or gifting within the context of that. And you are supposed to be 
working with that and living within that and doing the very things he gifted you and gave you talent to do. Now, growing up, every, every young minister wants to be Billy Graham, but I'm not Billy Graham. I'm John Letterman. Billy Graham is wonderful. But let me help you with something. If John Letterman works within the context of God's plan and gifting and talent, then the bottom line is what John Letterman does is, is, is extremely awesome and powerful within the kingdom of God in impacting the world around him. And I say that for you. I don't say that for me. I want you to understand you. You can be in a fulfilling spot. You can absolutely feel effective. You can feel like, wow, God has gifted me in a very special and powerful way and that's who I'm going to be and that's what I'm going to do within the context of the body of Jesus Christ or the church. Um, this, is, this is such an important thing. And I just wanna read some scripture, um, if you don't mind. Uh, we'll start in Ephesians chapter four. And um, I'm just gonna read it off my phone because I have it all marked and um, um, it's, 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 it's kind of a good thing. I read out of what we call the New International Version. Uh, you may have another version or translation and uh, that's wonderful. Um, they all kind of come, to, they all have their weaknesses and they all have their strengths. Um, I hear some people say, oh, the only version is this or the only version is that. And I think that's human foolishness but, um, and insecurity, but that's okay. But um, I, I wanna start in Ephesians chapter four uh, in, in verse seven, where Paul says, but to each one of us, grace has been given. Now understand that word grace is charis in the, in the Greek, and it, it means gift. So what God gives you, he gives you as a gift. It isn't something you work up. I hear people, you know, say, well, I've got to work up this gift, and I've got to initiate this gift or prime the pump. And I want you to understand, if it's a gift of God's Holy Spirit, you can't do anything to have it. And the bottom line is, you can't do anything to have a gift that God hasn't given you. So each one of us, uh, to, to each one of us, grace, God's gift, God's gift of salvation, which involves God's gift of his Holy Spirit that is inculcated in our mind and heart and soul. And through the Holy Spirit, we are given gifts. And that's where we are today. Uh, grace has been given us as Christ apportioned it. I, I, this is a hard one for people because they feel like they want to be somebody in the church or in the kingdom or, or whatever. And, and it's very hard because people feel like, I, I, I wanna feel important. I, I wanna feel like somebody. And because they're not so-and-so or because they're not um, uh, doing uh, the things that so often we celebrate that have nothing to do with the truth or, or what's reality or what's important, they, they feel poorly about themselves. I want you to understand Understand. If you are identifying and developing and using the gifting of God to the glory of God, you are all that God would ever expect you to be and his blessing and his power and his anointing and his excellence is in and on your life, no matter what he has apportioned to you. 
And I say that to pastors. I say that to church leaders. I say that to so many because a lot of the things that the church celebrates have nothing to do with the word of God. We've taken it out of context. We've made a lot of human things important and exalted. And I just want you to understand, the most important thing for you is to identify and develop the gifting of God and work and live and, and lead and love within the context of that gifting. It's so, so very important. Verse 11 in Ephesians 4 says, So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Now, a lot of people are like, wow, well, those are the important people. No, they just have a specialized gifting. And honestly, a lot of people, oh, I wish I was that. No, you don't. Because what most of these leaders, gifted leaders, uh, don't understand is, is that if they're not doing what God would have them to do, they will answer for that come judgment day. And, but it is our responsibility as pastors and leaders to equip you. And if we're doing that, then we're doing what we're gifted and called to do. If we are not doing that, then the bottom line is we're gonna answer for that. And I, I just think it's important for everybody to understand is that these, these positions or this gifting that people have is, is, is not as fun and um, um, lauded as so many people think they are. God gives the, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers to equip his people, Christ's people, for the works of service. In other words, so that they can accomplish the will of God. So they can be that piece of the puzzle of God's plan so that they can do the will of God for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, I'm gonna stop right here. I want you to hear this. I want you to understand this. God doesn't give us gifts for us or me. God didn't give me gifting or his spirit for me. See, this has become something in the church that's become very queer. The bottom line is, it's not about me. God gives me gifts for the whole. As we'll find out in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, it's for the common good of the body. It's not to exalt me. I hear people, well, I got this gift, and so I'm very special. Well, you don't understand God's word. If God gives you a gift, it's because you're supposed to be a piece of his puzzle in the church and in his kingdom and in his ministry to a lost and hurting world. It's not about you. If it's about you, you're basically putrefying what God has given you. And so we need to turn that around. To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now listen to this. This is so powerful and so often forgotten. Until we all reach unity in the faith, the Holy Spirit brings us together. The Holy Spirit doesn't send certain individuals off to be lone rangers doing their own thing because they're so special, okay? It's to build up uh, the body until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Now that's something that has absolutely been left out of the church uh, today. It's not about maturity. It's about attendance. 
It's not about maturity. It's about putting money in the offering. It's not about maturity. It's about having something that we can be proud of humanly and say, oh, look what we're a part of. Understand, that's not what church is about. That's not what God's Holy Spirit is about. That's not what gifting is about. Gifting is about us all coming together to lift each other and build each other until we become mature. Now listen to this, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, and some translations say to the fullness of the deity of Jesus Christ. Wow. What a powerful, powerful, powerful understanding of gifting. What a powerful understanding of the church. We have so twisted. We have so lowered the standards. What we want to do today is is gather as many people to sing and entertain and say nice things and be nice and and do things. And boy, if we've got money and if we look good to the world and the rest of the church, then we've reached it. I want you to understand something. That's a lie straight out of the pit of hell. We, the church, are supposed to be effective and we are effective. When the body of Jesus Christ, the core membership of the body of Jesus Christ is growing up through God's Holy Spirit and finding their center and their gifting. And if we're all working together, we build each other up. Not so that we can say, look at us, but so that we're, we build each other up to the maturity which belongs to the fullness of Jesus Christ. Now there's a standard. I'm not supposed to be like everybody else. I'm not supposed to be like whatever the church decides. I'm supposed to walk in the footsteps of Jesus Christ to the fullness of the maturity of Jesus Christ himself, the deity of Jesus Christ. Wow. Now there's a standard. Could you imagine if the church of Jesus Christ started to quit fooling around with all this numbers game and all this money game and, 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 and going to all these seminars to learn how to do that, that if we came together and said, wow, let's really get into this discipleship thing so that we're actually teaching people to be mature to the level or the fullness of the deity of Jesus Christ to become the person that Jesus Christ came to set an example for us to be in him. Wow. Now that's Christianity. And it's imperative in the midst of that that you find the center of Jesus Christ and you find exactly who he created you to be and what he created you to do. Now let's turn over to Romans chapter 12 for a second. And the first two verses are wonderful. But I, but I want to read verse three. It says, for by, grace, for by the grace given me, I say to everyone of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself in sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. In other words, just because somebody's a pastor, doesn't mean that person is more important in the context of the kingdom or the church than anybody else. The person, let me tell you something. The people who come here and paint and clean and 
do some wonderful things around here. Listen, they're just as important as me. If I walk in this building and it's a mess and it's dirty and it's drab and it's not, doesn't exalt Christ in how it looks, doesn't matter what I say. It's yucky. But those people who come in and do those things that sometimes are just kind of seen as not important, I want you to understand they are important. Every part is important. Every piece is important. Every gift is important. And it's imperative that we identify and develop those gifts and use them effectively so that a lot of things in the church don't get left off or left out. Turn to verse six. It says, we have different gifts. According to the grace given to each of us. It's not something you do. It's not something I didn't one day wake up and say, wow, I'm going to work up the gift of being a pastor and a preacher. No, it was something I was called to at a very young age. It's a gifting that God had laid on me before he even created the world. It's irrevocable. And the bottom line is that I, I want to be fulfilled and I want the excellence of God in my life. I need to be doing the very thing that God created me to do and doing a hundred other things are sin. That God doesn't want me doing a hundred other things. He wants me to do the very thing that he created me to do. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. Then prophesy in accordance with your faith. And then if you'd like to, let's turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And this is a real key verse that um, I think is so important. The first thing Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is, now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant or uninformed. This is so important. There are too many people who call themselves Christians who are running around the church being nice and doing good things as they decide that, well, I'm comfortable or that's convenient or that's what I want to do that are not living within the context of the power and plan of God because they've never identified their gifting. They've never identified the talents God has given them. They've never identified exactly what God created them to do and who God created them to be. And they're good people. They love Jesus. I've watched this all of my life. But I've also watched the church that was extremely ineffective because they've got people doing things because somebody's got to do it, right? You know, we've got to have all these programs. And we've got to have all these things going on. And if we don't, then some people won't like it. Well, big deal. If all they're coming for is our human programs or our human music or to come to a preacher that just makes them feel good about themselves, even in their sin, then what are we doing? It is imperative that we define who we are, who God created us to be and what God created us to accomplish. Turn over to verse three. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the spirit of God says Jesus be cursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except through the Holy Spirit. Now, verse four, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. 
There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, ergonomics. But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Look at verse seven. Now to each one, this is a key verse. Each one, the manifestation or the gifting of the spirit is given. But here's the key. It's not given for you individually. I know in America, we've individualized everything. We've got people that think I could be a Christian. I don't need to be a part of a community. I don't need to be a part of the church. I can do my own thing in Christ and I don't need to be a part. No, you can't. The bottom line is you were given a gifting of God's Holy Spirit for the common good of the body. This is so key. You were created to be a piece of the puzzle, not the puzzle. You were created to find and identify exactly who God created you to be so that you can be effective within the context of the body of Jesus Christ so that if everybody is effective in the body of Jesus Christ, the body or the church can be effective and we can lead a lost and dying world to the love and grace of Jesus Christ. But if everybody's just doing their own thing and nobody feels responsible to the whole and nobody's working within the context of who they were created to be, they're just doing their own thing, then in the end, everybody's just running around like crazy people, not really sure what we're doing. There's no unity. There's no building up of the body. There's just everybody just trying to be what they want to be or how they deem Jesus would have them to be. And it's just a mess. And that's the problem in too many churches. It's a mess because there's no one there to call everybody to their specific piece of the puzzle, to their specific part. The bottom line is you need to understand if you don't identify the gifting God has laid on you and if you don't use it effectively in the body, there are holes, I'm sorry, if, if the hand may be effective, but if the arm won't do what it's supposed to do, the hand can't be effective. It's the same in the church. We can, we can all be doing different things, but if we're missing pieces of the body, it's very difficult for that body to be effective. And that's why the church is having so little effect and impact on the lost world that we're watching today. Because the church can't even be effective. So how are we going to lead others to be effective in their lives? Turn down here to verse 11. All these, he goes through a list of all the gifting and you can, you can read that for yourself. That's not really why I'm here today. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one. Now here's the key, just as he determines. We human beings tend to think we know. We human beings in the church tend to think, well, I know what I need to be or I know what the church needs to be. Here's the thing you need to understand. God has placed leaders in the church who know what the church needs to be. I want you to get, I grew up with this garbage where everybody's got an opinion of who the preacher ought to be and what the church ought to be doing. 
Well, instead of talking about what the preacher ought to be and what the church ought to be doing, why don't you identify the gifting God has placed on you, become effective in that, then you won't have, a t- have time to sit around and pick on the preacher and, and those that are trying to lead the church because you'll be too busy doing what God would have you to do. And this is so very important and this is very destructive in the body. And one last verse I want to uh, bring out is 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 26. If one part or one piece of the body suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is so important. We, the church, are one body. And I think one of the things that's going to happen is, is, is God's really going to help all of us to realize that, you know, all the Nazarenes hang together and all the Presbyterians hang together and all the Baptists, because we're, we're right, we're right, we're right. I have a feeling none of us are all right. None of us have the absolute pie. We all have a piece of the pie and we somehow hunker down and think I've got to make the Baptists look bad. I got to make the Presbyterians look bad. Understand all we're destroying is the body of Jesus Christ as a whole uh, and as one in Christ. But it is very important for us to absolutely as individuals be on our knees saying, okay, God, what's my piece of the puzzle? Who did you create me to be in this puzzle? Okay, because if I'm an effective piece of the puzzle, effectively developing and using the gifting and the call and the talents that God has given me and the person next to me is doing the same, then God can bring us all together and we can be effective as the body of Christ and we can be effective in the kingdom of God and we can be effective in doing the very thing and that is going and seeking and saving the lost in a very hurting world. But you see, what we've got is we've got everybody running around. And of course, we've got to have this plate. We've got to have that plate. So we're all running around trying to keep the plates uh, going instead of saying, whoa, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. I had an illustration this week um, uh, because of all this coronavirus. We've got a program in, in the daycare called Pre-K Counts and, um, uh, and Pre-K, uh, which is part of the school. And then there's Pre-K Counts, which is a, a state um, program. And we wanted to have some kind of graduation for the four-year-olds, excuse me, who will be going on to kindergarten uh, this year. And um, I'm kind of a volatile, almost type of leader sometimes. Sometimes if I don't think things are, are happening or happening the way I think they should, I kind of step up and I kind of, I'm going to make this happen. And we were having a conversation in this room talking about the uh, pre-K counts graduation and how we're going to do it and everything. And my wife just loves to tease me because if there's one gifting I don't have, it's the gifting of organization, details. I, it's just silly for me to try to do meticulous details. And that's what was needed in this situation. 
And the young ladies that were there talking with me were very respectful and honoring and they didn't want to tell me the truth that I needed to just sit down and let somebody with a gifting of organization and details take over this so it could be done effectively. So I just kept mouthing off. And, and, and finally, the Lord was able to kind of get through my thick skull and say, sit down, son. This is not your thing. You can, you can lead and you can make stuff happen. But the bottom line is the details are for other people. And that's why I've placed people around you to do the details. And I was trying to do that. And I was just messing up and confusing everybody. And, and everybody was getting a little frustrated, mostly with me. And, and it wasn't until I stepped back and allowed somebody who had that gifting, had the talent of kind of putting that whole thing together and communicating it to 40 families that God was able to work effectively. And it was like in, in an instant, it just came together. And this is very important for us to understand. When we're out here doing things, no matter how good or nice they may be, we need to understand we're working outside of God's will. We're working outside of God's gifting. And we need to understand usually that becomes a mess. And, it, and it's just so important for us to understand that. But what is important is not just so that one person can back off, that's not my gifting, but it's important for you, each of us, to get on our knees and begin to identify who Christ created us to be and what Christ created us to do within the context of the gifting and the talent he has given us. When that begins to happen in a church, what happens is, is that the people that aren't supposed to be doing certain things get out of the way so the people that are supposed to be doing those things can begin to do what God would have them to do. This is such an important, important thing. I saw it last week where we're beginning at Riverview uh, to start what we call Riverview Groups. And they're not little life groups that just get around and play patty cakes. These are groups that are very, very serious. These are discipleship groups. These are groups that um, read uh, through God's word in a year and we're getting together, we're discussing it, we're trying to put it all together. But, but last Sunday night, I, I, I saw something in our teaching pastor. Um, the young lady who is leading these groups has this passion and it's powerful and it's palpable what God has called her to do. But the teaching pastor has a gift of teaching. He has a, he has a gift of, of curriculum. He has a gift of kind of bringing all that together in, in, in some um, wonderful details that were very important. And, and as he began to step up and do the very thing that he was gifted to do, it all began to come together. So you put that passion, you put those details together and everybody just kind of felt like, wow, Man, this is awesome. This is powerful. God's gonna do something great and God's, God's gonna do something powerful. And that's because the person stepped up. Now, here's the other part. If you have a gifting to do something and you're not doing it, then everybody else feels like they've gotta step up and do the very thing you're not supposed to be doing, you're not doing, even though they're not supposed to be doing it. So there's a lot of dynamics here that are very important 
But I think it's very important for the church to begin to step back and look at its effectiveness, not by the amount of people who gather on Sunday morning, but by the amount of people who are finding the gifting of Jesus Christ so that we can be effective and build each other up in maturity and faith and unity. Another thing that happened in that meeting, there was a young lady who, she doesn't talk much. She just, she's very, very quiet. But there was something that needed to be done uh, uh, this week and, and, and maybe at each meeting. And it was within the context of her and she's kind of sitting there very quiet. And all of a sudden someone said, well, so-and-so, why don't you think about doing this? Well, you should have seen her eyes light up. All of a sudden, that very quiet, kind of sedate young lady, all of a sudden went, wow, I can do that because that's what God gifted me and created me to do. He gave me the ability to do that. I see that. I'm passionate about that. And it's, it, it was such a wonderful, powerful thing. I want that for your life too. I want that for you in your life. There are so many people. In fact, I think the predominance of the church just kind of sits there in kind of a confused, unfulfilled state because they've never actually decided, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna figure out who I'm supposed to be within the context of all of this. And they've never identified and defined and developed this whole gifting thing. And they've never stepped up and said, pastor or leadership, this is who God created me to be. Now, let me do it. Let me be this. And, and all of a sudden, you, you step into the power of God. You step into the wisdom of God. You step into the effective kingdom of God. And you become that person that you were created to be in the first place. And yeah, Sometimes uh, God calls us to things that we're not totally comfortable with. Sometimes God calls us to things that are hard. Sometimes God calls us to things that are not popular. Sometimes God calls us to things that don't have the image of, of being important. But they're still what God created and gifted and called you to be and do. My wife and I were having a conversation this morning and in one of the Bible readings we're in, uh, we were reading a Job and she was talking about how the, the, the horses, she was always fascinated in war movies, how these horses were able to kind of stand in the, back when it was in the middle of all the blood and guts of the swords and, and spears and bows and arrows and everything. And today in a more modern context, not so much today, but maybe in the fifties, these, these horses were able to, to stand there solid with shells going on around them and bullets flying all over the place. And basically what it says in Job is those horses, those war horses are able to stand there and do that because that's what they were created to do. That's who they were created to be. It's not comfortable. It's kind of scary. But to them, they come alive when they're doing the very thing that God created them to do. 
And I want you to understand that. You will not truly come alive and you will not truly feel fulfilled and effective until you begin to identify your gifting. Until you begin to identify who God created you to be, what God created you to do, and begin to not only identify it, but develop it, and then use it effectively. And understand, that's a maturity process too. Because I I didn't start out as a pastor preacher and with the gifting that I have, that, you know, it's things that I kind of grew into and matured and I, I, I thought I was this and then God began to reveal, that's not you, this is who I created you to be. And so it's very important to put this together. I wanna remind you one, one last time about what we're doing. And that is, I have asked everybody to go to gifttests.com. I'm sorry, gifts test.com. Gift with an S, test.com. Begin to identify your gifting, your talent, where God would have you to work effectively in the body of Jesus Christ and in the kingdom of God. Allow God through the person of his Holy Spirit to help you come alive. It will cause you to raise up and realize I can lead in this area. I can lead this way. I can become that effective person in the body of Christ that I want to be. And this is so important. It's really, really important for the people of God to begin to become effective together. Because if everybody is doing their part, the body of Jesus Christ can be effective and powerful in the call that she has in a very, very, very hurting world. Father, thank you for our time. Thank you for these gifts. We have been remiss and not really getting into this and understanding this. We do good and nice things, but we're really not doing your will. And I pray today that every person that hears what I'm saying today and every person that will hear what I'm saying tomorrow will define who they are, who you created them to be, and they would allow you to recreate that in their lives through the person of your Holy Spirit so they can raise up and become that effective piece of your eternal puzzle and plan. Bless us, Lord. Help us to do this. Help us not just to hear about this and think about this or talk about this. Help us to do this. Thank you, Father. In your name we pray, amen.